1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? (laughs) No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off
0: to the races, and he stays on his feet. He's just going to go the
1: distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath.
3: Running backs versus wide receivers. You know, we talk about this running back versus this running back. We talk about this wide receiver versus this wide receiver. Let's compare a running back versus a wide receiver in every round of the draft. That's one of the things we'll be doing today. We also have big news as Tyron Smith, the star left tackle for the Dallas Cowboys, is going to miss several months with a torn hamstring. This guy misses a lot of time. We do have... A track record of Dak Prescott playing without him, but we'll talk about how that affects the Dallas Cowboys. Jalen Waddles dealing with an injury. Darren Waller might not be ready for week one. And we've got preseason games tonight. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Adam, Heath, and Jamie here on a Thursday morning. I've uh, disappointed to say I was planning on going to the Giants-Jets games this weekend, but I don't think I'll be able to make it. Um, But... That would have been fun. I hope everybody can get out to a football game this year. How are you guys doing this morning?
0: Thought there was gonna be a joke followed there.
3: No, I, I really want to go. I just I don't think I can.
1: You were really excited about going to a Giants-Jets preseason game. I was gonna take the kids to their first game. Okay.
3: Yeah, but I just like yeah. Don't think I can pull it off. Unfortunately,
1: it's kind of far. Do you guys, I, like- I can think back to things like that that sound like they would be fun. Like to me now, <laughs> taking young children. To an NFL stadium for the purposes of a preseason game. Sounds like what bet did I lose? <laughs> but. <laughs> I, I, I actually missed
0: because I've done that f- pre-COVID at least was was doing that. And then uh, we just didn't go because of the protocols and I haven't gone back. Uh, I didn't go last year and I was hoping to go this year. But there's no one to see that they're going to enjoy. You know, that they need to see stars. They're too, they're too young. You know.
3: Well, like, your kids.
0: Huh? Your kids? I mean, you know, my ten-year-old my might get excited about, you know, some of the second-string guys, but it's yeah. like the seven-year-old and the and the four-year-old, especially the four-year-old, like he doesn't care. But the 7 year old is gonna be like, who's that? Who's oh, this? Yeah. Who's that? Like,
3: uh, the well, only thing my why, my kids are only gonna like, care about the ice cream. But yeah, go on. For kids,
1: <laughs> like taking them to basketball games is a little bit easier because they don't have the helmets on. Right. That you're closer to the action. Like you can actually see their faces.
0: It's a, it's a little better. And my kids like about, you know, 3 innings of a baseball game too, you know, until right. they get <laughs> one, once the ice cream and the and and the food wears off.
3: Oh yeah, well, you get to, at least you get to keep the plastic helmet. All right.
0: I, I'm 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 the only I should not say I'm, only, I'm 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 one of the idiots that uh, gets free tickets to a baseball game and ends up spending 300 bucks.
3: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the tickets are like the least expensive thing. So let's talk fantasy football here. I'm going to read a couple of podcast league entries a little bit later in the show. A couple of people who are going to be in the podcast league. You can stop sending your submissions for that. I'm going to be making my decisions tonight, sending out emails tomorrow. Uh, but we're going to start with running backs versus wide receivers part one. I'm just going to preview a little bit of what's up uh, coming up on the show. We have a lot of big news, including the Tyron Smith injury. Um, we have a segment called The Breakfast Club, which is, if you listen to the mailbag last week, don't you forget about me. So players that you shouldn't forget about at the end of your drafts. Great uh, movie. I already said that it's a bad movie. So you can just add it to the, uh, More it's on that later. Movie. Later. Later. What? Uh, drafting in different formats. That's a segment God, we're going to do terrible. today as well. And we do have a 10-team mock draft that we're doing later today. You'll be able to see the results. See results. See results. Uh, either tomorrow or maybe when? When do you think those results will be
0: up, Jamie? Real quick. Oh, um, by tomorrow. Okay. All right. So I'll write it tonight. Ten. Whenever team Dan league. gets around to it.
3: <laughs> Ten team leaguers out there, you'll have fresh content tomorrow. Running backs versus receivers, part one. Who would you rather have? And if it's format specific, that's fine. Who would you rather have, Derrick Henry or Cooper Cup?
1: Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup in non and a half PPR, Derrick Henry, or Cooper Cup in full and half PPR, Derrick Henry and non.
0: Yes, I would agree. I actually moved. Um, I already had Justin Jefferson ahead of Henry, and I moved Jamar Chase ahead of him also.
3: And when do you draft your first wide receiver, be it Cup or Jefferson? How many running backs have to come off the board in, let's say, a half or a full PPR league?
1: Three. Yep. Pick number four. It's Cup and Jefferson, or four and five.
3: It does it does two-receiver versus three-receiver matter in that decision? Not with those two.
1: Uh,
0: not with Chase for me either in PPR.
3: Uh, well, the way you said that, Jamie, it makes it sound like Chase would be your fourth pick.
0: Chase would be my sixth pick. Okay.
3: Okay. Uh, next I would not up, take
0: Chase over the three running backs I have ranked ahead of Cup and Jefferson.
3: Uh, can I just ask you guys real quick about Derrick Henry? Played half a season uh-huh. last year. was the number one running back per game. Uh, showed a little bit more in the passing game than we've ever seen, but that went away after a few weeks. Uh, but um, not to say it could come back. Excuse me, it could come back, right? But how do you feel about Derrick Henry in general? You know, do you think he's super safe, or are we worried about the age and the injury and and all that?
0: I, I think by definition of what he's been the last couple of years, he's safe. Um, but if this team is bad, which it wouldn't shock me if they are um and he's not scoring then you're going to be in trouble because i don't think 35 Um, catches from derrick henry is going to save him if he's not 10 plus touchdowns
1: but i do think in definitely in non-ppr and half ppr i'm not sure about full but like jonathan taylor is the only running back being drafted in the first round who i think is definitively safer than derrick henry agreed
3: all right next up in our running back versus wide receiver debate uh, Alvin Kamara, will stay in round one. Alvin Kamara or Jamar Chase?
0: Chase. Well, I think you know where I come out on that, so I'm going to take Chase. <laughs> it,
3: you know, why, why is Alvin Kamara not being drafted where we used to draft Alvin Kamara? I think he was RB5 last year per game. It's not like he was bad. Uh, why, why the hesitation on Kamara? RB, oh, he was, I'm sorry, he was RB6 per game in
1: non-PPR, RB7 per game in full PPR.
3: So yeah, Heath, why the hesitation on Kamara?
1: I I do think that he will share a little more than he did early in the year last year. Um, When Mark Ingram got back and they played together, it wasn't – I mean, it was a big leap that we saw early in the year. And even for the entire year, he averaged six more carries per game in 2021 than he did in in any year before that. And he did not average that type of workload in the running game when Mark Ingram returned
3: to the team. Oh, yeah. Is that it for you, Jamie? Is it just Mark
1: Ingram?
0: Um, it's, it's a combination of a lot of things. It's, uh, first off, I, I still think it does seem like it's a small possibility, but it's still a possibility that we, the video surfaces and, you know, something happens mid season. So you just have to keep that in mind when you're talking about him in comparison to some of these other elite level running backs, you know, and I think, you know, the guys that I have ranked from, I, I would say have the chance to be just as good, if not better. Um, I am a little bit concerned about the role in the passing game because of the competition for targets that we're going to see that he's never had before. Same thing with Michael Thomas, you know, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, those guys are significantly better than anything that duo has had to deal with. And remember last year, Kamara did not have Michael Thomas on the field. Um, I also think on the flip side of that, you know, and Heath, you, you, you sort of said this, but Pete Prisco, who is in New Orleans right now, as we speak and was on our CBS sports HQ fantasy football today show, he seemed to think the opposite that they may feed Kamara more because that was more of a Sean Payton thing, trying to preserve him for the playoffs that this new coaching staff, again, I shouldn't say new coaching staff, this uh, promoted coaching staff because Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael, the head coach and, and the offense coordinator um, who were on the staff last year, but they may give him more opportunities to carry the ball early in the season. So he thinks they may actually overwork him. Um, I'm more with you, Heath. I think it might, you know, they, they still might want to you know, keep a little bit of a, cautionary approach with him but it's more about his role in the passing game that concerns me a little bit plus the potential fear of any suspension that may come so if you want to take Kamara fifth overall fourth overall I have no problem with that based on him playing 17 games what he could do because he still could be great
3: all right next up round two Saquon well I you know round two could be round one for for these guys but Saquon Barkley or Devante Adams who you taking Barkley or Devante (laughs)
0: Uh, I'm taking Adams in PPR.
1: Yeah, I've got Adams one spot ahead of Barkley. I I had to hesitate there because I don't remember drafting either of these players this entire summer. Um, But I've got Adams at 19, Barkley at 20.
3: That was a face I've never seen Heath make before. It was like (laughs) very teethy. Uh, So you struggled with that one here. And in our consensus overall rankings, they are back-to-back Adams, 16, Barkley, 17. And I think I could understand if your answer was just it depends on who you took in the first round. Is that the case with those two? Are they even enough where it could just depend on how you started? Barkley and Adams?
1: I've just not really had occasion to choose between them, so I'm not sure. Okay. That's because you take Andrews all the
0: time.
1: I take Andrews or DJ Moore. (laughs) Uh, So
3: you take DJ Moore over Saquon Barkley? I would. Gosh, I just feel like I'm gonna drink the Barkley Kool Aid. Something, and he's not gonna perform. I'm gonna feel like such a dope. But everybody's in. Everybody's in. We could just go. Why didn't we fall for it? (laughs) Fool you.
1: You know. What do you think, Heath? I mean, people are into varying degrees. Like we've got the the first round Saquon group um we're just going to pretend like the last three years didn't happen <laughs> and yeah. then there's the second round stake one group which is still feels like like we are really expecting better things from him and that's where everybody's back in like you, looking just at what's happened over the last four seasons I, I think it would be very reasonable if he was a third round pick
0: I I like to look back at some of the drafts that we did in the beginning of the summer and so uh our magazine draft where I had the first pick and at the turn I took Barkley yep. and like, there's no way that's happening. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. so to start with Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley feels pretty good right now, <laughs> um, to see what that could look like and like, why didn't I take a receiver there? What was I doing? <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to look back on where the progression for certain players has gone both directions.
3: Uh, would you rather have Saquon Barkley in the middle of round two or James Conner in the middle of round three?
0: Saquon in
1: round two. Um, Yeah, that's... uh, Saquon.
3: All right, last one for now. Oh, go ahead, Jamie. No,
0: I was going to say, part of the reason why I moved Jamar Chase up is because I was starting to think about this yesterday with the draft we did on Sportsline, where I had the seventh pick. And I'm thinking to myself, why would I take one of these running backs over a guy like Chase, when I know in round two, I could be looking at potentially Barkley Swift or Aaron Jones, not in that order necessarily, um, in most drafts. And I feel like that's a better build.
3: Yeah, if those guys get there, sure. Uh, And ADP suggests they will. All right, uh, last one for now. We'll do more later. Would you rather have Leonard Fournette or Tyreek Hill? Leonard Fournette versus Tyreek Hill.
0: Uh,
1: Fournette. Yeah, Fournette. Fournette. I would take Fournette over Adams and Barkley as well. So I've got uh, Hill at the very beginning of round three and Fournette as 15th overall.
3: More running back versus wide receiver debates later on in the show. I've been reading a lot of podcast league entries the last couple of days, and I will be making my decisions tonight Mm -hmm. or early tomorrow morning. So I just want to say that I do really appreciate the time that you all put into these entries. And even the ones that don't take any time, I appreciate you sending them in. It is a lot to go through, and I apologize if if it's taking a while to get back to you. But I am going to read all of them, and I may not respond to all of them. But I want to sincerely thank you all for wanting to be in the Podcast League. And Jamie, what I love about it is what you see what fantasy football means to people you know i'm going to read one later that's very personal and very you know very serious but on a you know on a less serious level i see a lot of moms and dads mostly dads saying i've got three kids and a job and all this and fantasy football is my escape and all. And I love it. I really love it. And I hope we can be part of that escape, but Jamie, I've really enjoyed reading these entries and I'm sure you get a lot of feedback from people this time of year. We don't have to get too off track here, but I just want to say thank you to everybody for letting us be part of that distraction for you, but it's pretty cool to see what fantasy football means to people this time of year.
0: I, I mean, you know, we're starting to do our zoom calls with the people who have made, uh, they are unbelievably generous donations to, you know, our Fantasy Football Today Draft-a-thon to benefit St. Jude. And um, just talking to, you know, a few of the, uh, you know, the people that I did the Zoom with yesterday, uh, one 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 father was picking up his kids from school. And he had just, you know, the the, the joy of he had his first lunchtime draft, he said. He said, he, you know, one of the leagues he does with his office, he said, they all figured out, let's just do it lunchtime, middle of the day. I, I didn't ask him because it was, uh, I didn't get a chance. I, I just forgot to, but, um, was everybody there, you know, or was it like a zoom thing? But right. he did his draft. He went and he was waiting at the, uh, for his kids. He was outside doing the zoom call and he was, uh, he has this, an eight year old and a, and a five year old and you know, a five year old's first day of kindergarten or first week of kindergarten. So, um, trying to get his his fantasy fixed in when he could and um, yeah it's just it's just awesome to to get feedback from people talk to people I was t- I was at a baseball practice last night you know and one of my buddies asked are you, are you sick of this and I was like no like I'm Uh-oh. walking to the field and a- there's a, a friend of mine who's coaching on another field and I was like hey Jason how are you bud he goes Eisenberg I got my PPR draft tonight <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like that's, that, that's the response yeah. and it's just, you I know,
3: love it never gets old yeah it's really great and thank you all for being a part of that heath is back Heath j- jumped off just a second to reset his video hopefully he's a little bit more clear now welcome back heath and if you want to play fantasy football with heath i've got something very exciting to tell you go to our ebay store we're going to throw a link in the ebay store right now in the chat there's a link in the episode description for those of you listening so there are two new podcast leagues these are not you cannot submit entries to these there's one with me it's a 12 team league. There's one with Heath. It's a 14 team league because Heath said he wanted to be better than me. So, Heath did a 14 team league. I'm doing a 12 team league. You can bid on spots in those leagues if you go to the eBay store, okay? So, so that's awesome. Let's raise a lot of money for St. Jude. Uh the poker tournament, we have a poker tournament on Monday coming up the 29th. It's also the night of the podcast league draft, but we'll we'll multitask. If you want to be in the poker tournament, you just go on my Twitter feed. I posted and there's you can see a graphic here on YouTube as well. I am at Adam Azer A I Z E R. Go on my Twitter feed. I posted about the poker tournament. I also posted about the best ball tournament, and you can sign up if you if you look at my Twitter feed, it'll show you how to sign up for that. And the donation is not required, but would be appreciated. And there's also another link for the donation. I know it's a lot of stuff, but it's actually pretty easy. Just follow me on Twitter and go through my feed. I posted yesterday on Wednesday about it. I'll post today about it as well. Poker. Best ball, all to raise money for St. Jude. And of course, go to that eBay store and you can see a lot, of, a lot of great things to bid on as well. We have a mailbag episode on Saturday. It'll be me and Dan Schneier. On that one, Dan is going to talk a lot about salary cap drafts. They're his favorites. Uh, so if you're in a salary cap draft and you're looking for some strategy, we'll help you out on the mailbag. Let's go to the big news. Heath, uh, Rich Simini of ESPN follows the Jets, covers the Jets. He says Michael Carter is still the RB1 for the Jets. Uh, you know, and, and look, it's not not a shock right now after what we saw in the preseason game on Monday. But what do you what do you make of this situation? Uh, and I, you know, the Breakfast Club. Don't you forget about me. Maybe Michael Carter should be part of that. I know he goes earlier than some of the guys we're going to talk about. But give me your rundown here of the Jets running backs.
1: It's I don't like it. I kind of expected Brees Hall to hit the ground running week one as the clear lead back, but I don't think it's going to take very. Many snaps of real football for the Jets to decide that we want Brees Hall to have the ball a lot more than Michael Carter. It sounds like there may be some problems in the passing game that Hall's not doing things exactly like they'd like in pass protection. Or I, so maybe maybe Carter's going to play more on third downs than I was expecting. But I I still believe like Brees Hall's talent um, is going to win out and soon.
3: How would you rank Michael Carter with guys like Melvin Gordon and Jamal Williams?
0: Gordon Carter Williams.
1: Yeah, that sounds right.
3: And Jamie, talk to me about uh, talk to me about um, Brees Hall and also get into the next story, which is Tyron Smith's injury.
0: Um, so there's th- those two guys in particular I'm getting very concerned about. Um, Zeke now with Tyron Smith not being there. And I was actually starting to get a little bit more not excited about Zeke, but just warming up to the fact that if things go well, he could still have a a quality season. So I've been like toying with Zeke and Montgomery and that whole 16, 17, 18, 19 group with Brees Hall in it. Uh, you know, I start to look at my rankings, Heath. Um, PPR I have ETN over those guys. It's it's ETN Montgomery for me. But I'm almost getting to the point where I think I'd just rather have A.J. Dillon. You know, I, 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 the, the path to production for him seems a lot easier in a much better offense with maybe a, a, a bigger role in the passing game than we expect because of what this receiving core could be. And Zeke scares me with, with Tyron Smith not being there and, and what the offensive line just – they have really one guy you can point to and say, okay, he's safe, and that's Zach Martin. And, you know, the receiving core being bad could put Tony Pollard on the field more. Uh, this Hall situation behind a you know what what's uh, not as good of an offense line as I was expecting you know certainly what we've seen and and the quarterback play may be up and down especially when Zach Wilson comes back I don't know how much I want to draft Reese Hall and and Zeke anymore
1: Yeah I haven't drafted these guys a whole lot so far this year anyway Hall more than than Zeke Hall, for I haven't sure. drafted Zeke at all Hall's the only yeah. one I've drafted. Um, I- Like, I am not as high on ETN and Dylan. So I can easier see getting Zeke behind. The problem for me is like, we've got that group of Cam Akers and Chase Edmonds and ETN and Dylan. And I have a hard, like, I don't think those guys have the same upside because I believe if Zeke's right, then he's going to get 18 to 20 touches a game. Um, And with Hall, it's kind of a different situation. Like, it's, it's almost like the Chris Godwin, the JK Dobbins, it might be a slow start to the season. But the second half of the season, this guy could be a league winner that should have been drafted three rounds higher than where he's going. Uh, yeah, that, that's I
0: don't find that. Mind having those guys. The, I, I totally agree. You know, it, it's that's the thing that's keeping me from dropping Hall too far is what can happen. But their schedule is so brutal to open the season, and I hope, to be honest, we get more games out of Flacco because we know that at least that last season Zach Wilson did not throw to those guys. Yep. It was all from you know mostly Mike White, but it was all from the backup. So, Adam, what we were talking about while you walked away, I hope uh, you flushed. Um, <laughs> is <laughs> um, like my concern with with Zeke and and Brees Hall. I, I'm I'm at the point where I want to take AJ Dylan over both.
3: I took I took him over Brees Hall last night or yesterday, and I, I, I and no, I didn't think so I would right do that. I haven't
0: adjusted. Uh, I haven't adjusted fully with with the Tyron Smith news, but I did put Dylan ahead of Zeke ahead of Hall. Uh, already. And it could be a mistake. You know, as Heath just alluded to, uh, the second half of the season may be fantastic for Brees Hall. The schedule is brutal. The quarterback situation could be bad. The offensive line doesn't feel like it's going to come together like I was hoping. Um, I'm getting a little nervous. I really am. And I've drafted a lot of Brees Hall. So you covered the Tyron Smith news? No, we we just were talking Zeke and Brees Hall. Okay, Um, sorry about that. So yeah, Tyron
3: Smith left tackle for the Cowboys. He misses time every year and this will be no exception but it's unfortunate you know he's a great player and as far as a left tackle goes it's actually fun to watch love watching Tyron Smith but he played 11 games last year he played 2 games the year before with Dak Prescott also getting hurt and the four seasons before that he played 13 games each year so they are used to playing without him but this is part of the concern the Cowboys have had the be- one of the best offensive lines in football for so long but it's different now it's changing it's getting older they've lost Lyle Collins uh, they've lost some interior uh, linemen yeah, going to the Dolphins. So how, are you going to downgrade, Heath? Or are you going to downgrade Cowboys
1: based on this? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, there will be um, – I mean, I'm not a big downgrade, and, and I don't think like, – I'm not sure that CeeDee Lamb will move. He may have had, had enough cushion ahead of those guys, but, but he might drop just a couple spots. Dak will drop behind Russell Wilson, um, maybe behind Joe Burrow but he'll remain in that eight to 10 range at quarterback and, and a little dip for Zeke. Um, I, I would expect the efficiency to drop for the offense. Cause it, it sounds like, like Smith could be out for a majority of the season. I, I would
0: think the, the passing game will hopefully be okay, but I did drop Zach behind Trey Lance and I'm very happy about <laughs> that. Um, uh, I'm the, the one I'm, I'm a little torn on is Dak versus Burrow at this point. um, He's still a number one quarterback, though, and still will be a great value pick. But Zeke scares me, man. That offensive line is such a big part of what he does.
3: I'm just looking right now uh, of the three games that uh, – no, wait, there were five. Sorry. Of the first three games that Tyron Smith missed, Dak Prescott, unfortunately I – mean, I don't remember the, uh, the Denver game. That was this awful game for the Cowboys. Dak ended up with 23 points. I think almost all of it was – garbage time but Denver's defense just
0: overwhelmed and the Chiefs them. game was bad too the
3: Chiefs game was bad but that was no Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb left at halftime so I won't hold that against Dak the Atlanta game was a very good game for Dak Prescott he had a rushing touchdown but 24 of 31 296 yards two touchdowns He scored 30 points later in the year uh, let's see weeks four, weeks 15 and 16 Giants in Washington Tyron Smith missed those games Dak Prescott scored uh, 13 points against the Giants and 39 points against Washington. I don't know that there are any takeaways there. Um, all
0: right. For the most part, his numbers have been actually pretty good.
1: They have. Okay. That's good. I, I do hope that some people got some Eagles uh, NFC East tickets because uh, that's feeling more and more like what's going to happen.
3: You should get Eagles Super Bowl tickets. They, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they have a lot of talent, and they have two potential two lockdown cornerbacks. If you get a good season from Bradbury, uh, they look really, really good on paper. Well,
0: not if you asked Tyree Kill in practice yesterday. Oh no, he shredded him. I mean, he was beating up Darius Leigh yesterday. He's tough.
3: All right, uh, Jalen Waddle has missed most of the last two weeks with an injury, according to Cameron Wolf. Uh, Any. How about between him and Darren Waller, who may not be ready for Week One, they go in the same range. Darren Waller and Jalen Waddle. Jamie, are we doing anything about that? Downgrading?
0: Um, I haven't really been drafting a lot of Waddle, so you know this just kind of pushes him in the other direction for me uh, again. Uh, I think Tyree Kill is m- might be underrated at this point um, if Jalen Waddle misses any time, because Tua's looking for him a lot, and you know you you just see the rapport growing. Day by day, so I've actually moved Tyree Kill up, and I might put him ahead of Ceedee Lamb with this news. So, wow, um, whoa, okay, this is pretty
3: big news here uh, because you love Ceedee Lamb. What are your bold predictions? I do love Lamb. Maybe wide but, receiver one. I, I'm just surprised. So t- let's talk about what's going into this possibility of
0: Tyree Kill moving ahead of Ceedee Lamb. It's it's if Jalen Waddle misses any time and no Tyron Smith, I mean there there's a downgrade for the Cowboys' offense and, and an upgrade for Tyree Kill. So.
3: Right, but the counter is we don't know that Jalen Waddle's going to miss any time and maybe he misses 100%. one game. Um, and there are you know other concerns about Tyreek Hill.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'll actually have the guts to do it, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's in my head. Um, yeah. So, toying with it. But in any event, um, I think Tyreek Hill is going to have a better season than I was anticipating.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'll probably have Lamb and Hill back-to-back. Okay, and should he be a round two
3: pick? Yes. Tyreek Hill. Right at the end of round two. Right at the end of round two. How about Michael Pittman, DJ Moore, Tyreek Hill? Well, I moved Tyreek
1: ahead of Pittman. (laughs) (laughs) You moved (laughs) ahead of Pittman, okay. I didn't put Tyreek in my top four, so...
0: Right, right. Uh, So, by the way... The whole group that's like end of round two, beginning of round three for me, it goes Tyreek Pittman, AJ Brown... DJ Moore, Debo.
3: By the way, we did a draft yesterday, shortly after the Darren Waller news that he might miss week one, and he went in round six. And that was the latest I've ever seen him go. This was a 12-team league. Jamie took him in round six. Uh, So, you know, you should take him in round six. (laughs) If he gets there, should you take him in round five, Darren Waller?
0: Uh, Yeah, he and I were talking about this. This this news actually can't happen like around 12 o'clock, a little bit before our draft. and. right how much of this is an actual injury or is this more of like a injury hold in because of a contract situation? Yeah.
1: Uh, and then he another tight one end. One of the worst oh, contracts in football.
3: He's outperformed it. That's for sure. Sorry about that, Heath. Mike Kosicki has been brought up to other teams, uh, according to PFF's Doug Kide.
0: So we'll see if Kosicki's on the trading block. Giants should have been on the phone a day ago. No.
3: Team, no, not when you're tanking. You don't trade for Mike Kosicki when you're when you suck. That you
0: don't do. I that. don't know if you can get Mike Kosicki <laughs> for a fourth round pick. You wouldn't do it.
1: Mike kosicki has been on some really good tanking teams. I don't know what
0: his contract
1: is. If you can get him <laughs> for a fair
3: round f- pick, then no, because then you have to sign him to a new deal. No, not not if you're the Giants. The Giants just just lose every game. Unless I go to the Jets game, Jets Giants yeah, game, I and mean, the then the, we can win or that. the
1: obvious. Yeah, the the Packers place, would be nice. right.
3: Well, this this rumor could only be good for his value, right? I think we probably want to see him yes. get away from Miami.
0: Yes, unless he goes um, to San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All
3: right, that's Micah Sicki. It's time for our email of the day. We should have a Sesame Street song about that. Clap, clap. It's the email of the day. Email of the day is from Andrew, dear Donnie, Walter, Brant, and Jesus. I do have to finish that movie. I didn't like it the first time I saw it. I tried again. It's funny. It's good. I'm in. But I gotta finish it. Big Lebowski. I'm curious why Jamie and Heath have Chris Goblin ranked over Mike Evans. Evans was better than Goblin by almost all measures last year. Uh, we'll dispute that. We'll dispute that in a second. And is not coming off a serious injury. I haven't found another industry expert that doesn't have Evans well ahead of Goblin in their rankings. Don't know if that's true. Some by over 15 spots. Even Dave has Goblin pretty high up in the rankings. Uh, though lower than Evans. Godwin's ADP looks to be in the fifth round, and you all have him way above that. Can you please explain?
1: I actually responded to this email. Oh. Um, it, we're not, I, what I told him was we're not as scared as everybody else about his injury. Like That's really the only explanation, because Chris Godwin was better on a per-game basis than Mike Evans. Last year, he was better on a per-game basis than Mike Evans two years ago. The only reason to draft Mike Evans ahead of Chris Godwin is because you're worried that he's, his ACL is going to make him not as good as he's been. And we're not as worried about that as everyone else is.
0: I like Evans better than Godwin in non and half PPR because I think he'll score more touchdowns. Um, and the yards probably will be somewhat similar. The thing that makes me like Godwin more in PPR is I think with this offensive line concern being legitimate for the Bucks, ball out of hand quicker for Tom Brady. And that's where Godwin, I think, will just destroy Mike Evans from a catch standpoint if he's right. And you have to buy into him being right, which I think at this point he's – He's been trending in such a, a, a meteoric direction that it's hard to overlook him being ready for Week One. At this point,
3: and just so everyone knows, on a per game basis, Evans outscored Godwin in non PPR. They were tied in half PPR, and Godwin outscored Evans in full PPR. However, Evans had the benefit of playing two games at the end of the year without Chris Godwin, and he scored a touchdown in both games. So, if you just look at the first fourteen games, uh, it was it was pretty similar. I mean, Evans outscored him by. 16 15 16 non PPR points but Godwin outscored Evans by 19 full PPR points um but but yeah I mean it, Godwin was definitely better in full PPR and and was on pace for 20 and no he had in 14 first 14 games of the season Godwin had 27 more targets than Mike Evans and he had 34 more catches than Mike Evans Evans had six more touchdowns we are gonna take a break. And, and you know, and I just want to, I'm sorry, I want to end the thought with this. You guys, I think we as a collective are not, maybe we're wrong about this. I am a little worried that we're wrong about this, but I think we're higher on Chris Godwin and, and Michael Thomas because we're not as worried about guys coming back from injury and maybe Dobbins too. Are you guys concerned that we're just, we're not discounting the players coming back from injury enough that we're too high on them?
0: I mean, I've done a little bit of a U-turn on Thomas. With the hamstring injury so he was around 15th for me now he's 21
1: which that's exactly where i have him and we're still way ahead of the industry but um, yeah i what was that that thing that happened on the fantasy baseball podcast a few years ago y'all play scared y'all play scared yeah <laughs> we're not playing scared
3: right however if if we're if we're playing foolishly and drafting godwin and evan and godwin and michael thomas two rounds earlier than we have to that's something we should consider I know in our leagues with just our CBS group here, they're going to go early in your leagues at home. You should probably be looking at ADP more than, you know, well, you I, know just,
0: well, I'll tell you, I helped a, a friend draft last night and he started his team with McCaffrey at two and he went McCaffrey, Tyree kill Pittman. And that was by design, even though I, at, uh, I told him, I said, I, I kind of like Pittman maybe a little bit more than Tyree kill. Uh, this was, you know, a couple days prior to, uh, this, this Waddle situation, you no know, developing. um, I said, but you don't have to take Waddle ahead of Tyreek Hill. Take Tyreek Hill first because most people will take Tyreek Hill first. So that's exactly what happened. He had, on the turn, he took Hill and then Pittman. And then he went Montgomery and Brandon Cooks. And then there he is in round, what is it? Oh, no. Then he took Dallas Goddard and then Michael Thomas.
1: Okay. So what you do, if you're looking at our mock drafts, is you just take Chris Godwin and Michael Thomas and put Josh Allen and Justin Herbert there. (laughs) Take J.K. Dobbins and put Patrick Mahomes there. And then move those guys back to where we take the quarterbacks.
3: There you go. All right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, I'm going to read a couple of podcasts. Don't do that. We're going to read a couple of podcast league entries. We're going to do some more running backs versus wide receivers. We're going to talk about drafting in different formats. And we'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. Welcome back. All right. So earlier I said fantasy football means a lot to people. Yes, Heath.
1: We've got an update from Ian Rappaport on Tyron Smith. Oh, okay. He actually suffered an avulsion fracture, meaning the hamstring that sits on the back of the knee pulled off the bone uh, and needs surgery. If he's back at all, it will be December. Boy, does that sound painful? That really, like, hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like I really felt pain. <laughs> like it, I I saw that happen to someone in a in a softball game once. It was uh, a a guy trying to stretch a single into a double that shouldn't have been trying to stretch anything, and he should have been stretching. He should his have stretched. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it it, it, it he suffered that exact injury. Uh, his hamstring rolled up off. Yeah.
0: Oh. Tore his hamstring. Yeah. Like all the way. Pete Pete once told me a story. Uh, he was at. Jaguars Bengals game. I forget the player it was, and it was at the end of the game. There was an onside kick, and he said, "You heard the guy's femur break." Oh gosh, he said it's the most gruesome thing he's ever heard in his life. The guy screamed like he was killed, like hit by a car, oh. like it was just collision. Two guys ran into each other, and the guy, like the guy's leg, just exploded.
3: For me, it was the on TV. It was that Louisville Final Four game or whatever it was. Like, oh yeah, like yeah. that. I, I could never. I, I can't even. Paul think George, of it. too. Uh yeah. That was bad. By the way, Prisco has a team on my draft board. I know you can't really see it, but it's the last one. And he started Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. <laughs> he took James Robinson, Marvin Jones, Evan Ingram, and Christian Kirk <laughs> with his next four picks. He's got Dan Arnold, Jamal Agnew, <laughs> LaVisca Chenault, and Snoop <laughs> Cotter. He's got a lot of he's got their DST.
0: You don't have a write-in on Tony vaselli <laughs> No, I don't have that. By I, the way. By the uh, way, really yeah, cool moment though for Pete when Tony Baselli said his name in his Hall of Fame speech. Oh my god! I didn't even know that. How cool! Yeah. I mean Pete got him in.
3: That's awesome. All right, maybe so his got yeah, in, I, think Pete, I think Pete, I think Tony Baselli deserves some of the credit too. I just want to read two podcast league entries real quick. We're going to welcome Zachary into the podcast league. 34, year, uh, 34 years old, living in Austin, Texas. He's been playing fantasy football since high school. He says, I'm the commissioner of a pretty diehard dynasty league, and I'm in dang near 100 best ball and other leagues on sleeper and various platforms. My wife doesn't get mad anymore with the constant podcasts on my phone or TV since agreeing to give her a 30% cut of my end-of-year winnings starting last year, LOL. Uh, then it gets serious, though. Last year, I was diagnosed with stage 2 colorectal cancer completely out of nowhere, I had started with chemo and radiation, multiple surgeries, more chemo, and reversal surgeries. What helped take my mind off those horrible days hooked up to chemo and taking a mobile chemo pump home was fantasy football. I got real into your podcast along with drafts on Sleeper as an escape. I love the banter you guys have and how, and how genuine you each seem. So welcome to the league. Seems like he's doing better. He's done with chemo. That's awesome. great. His friends put a big sign on his lawn that said, like, done with chemo. It was awesome. And uh, I think he's a Texans fan, so go Texans uh from Steven, this one is is much less heartfelt. The subject said, Jamie said I could be in the podcast league, and the the text was gotta go by.", yeah. <laughs> so Steven's in the
0: podcast league too.
3: running backs versus wide receivers part two. James Conner versus Keenan Allen. Who you got?
0: Yeah, I haven't said that like consistently in years. It's funny, like, how some things stick with our show. Yep. I was doing the Zoom call yesterday, and one guy saw that the clock was running down because it's a set amount of time. And the guy says, Before you say got to go by, can we ask uh,
1: you one more question?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, so what do you got, James Conner or Keenan Allen?
1: Connor. Keenan Allen for me. I, I'm still a little worried about Connors. I think I might be the low guy on Connor now. But I'm still a little worried about Connors uh role in the passing game in Arizona.
3: Okay, JK Dobbins versus Terry McLaurin.
1: Um
0: full and half PPR McLaurin, non Dobbins.
1: Yeah, that's the closest one yet. And I do think that Dobbins has the most upside of the two. But as the things stand right now, I would take um McLaurin and anything where catches count. You
3: think Dobbins is going to have a decent amount of catches, though, right?
1: Yeah, I, I, I looked at a stretch. The Devontae Freeman stretch last year where he was really um, the the true lead back. He was getting like four targets a game and 14 carries a game. Right. And so I, I think that's a reasonable... And if J.K. Dobbins gets that usage, then he's a top 12 running back. Oh, yeah, man, that'd be exciting. And Gus Edwards should be
3: out for... I mean, at least four games, but it seems like it's going to be longer than that. I can't tell you that for sure.
1: But Dobbins— I I I, just—I do think, because I've been the high guy on Dobbins, I I want to be clear, and this is true for Godwin as well. Like, you should draft those guys and think, I might need to start someone else the first couple of weeks. Right. We don't know for sure yet, but I am okay taking J.K. Dobbins in round four in him not playing the first two weeks if he's J.K. Dobbins after that.
3: Yeah, honestly, having an extra game helps. You know, a extra game in in your regular season, going with uh what would it be a 14-week regular season, it used to be 13 or it used to be 14, now it's 15, whatever it is. It it helps, you know. It's it's does it's not meaningless. Uh so it gives you a little you can gamble a little bit more on these injured players at the start of the year. AJ Dillon or Brandon Cooks. AJ Dillon or Brandon Cooks.
0: Cooks in full PPR, Dillon in half and none.
1: Ooh, yeah. Um, Not for Heath. Yeah, Brandon Cooks. (laughs) I was trying to think of a a similar question that we could ask you, like, your son or me? (laughs) (laughs) You know, some nights Heath, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, Kareem Hunt or Jerry Judy?
3: Kareem Hunt versus Jerry Judy. 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 This one I think might be tough. Chase Edmonds versus Alan Lazard. Won't be tough for Heath, I think. Maybe for Jamie. maybe for Jamie.
1: Chase Edmonds versus Alan
3: Lazard.
0: Edmonds.
1: Yeah, I've got Edmonds up in round five now and Lazard in round seven. So, and man, was there a spark? Your your screenshot of your team sparked an Alan Lazard debate that I believe is still going on <laughs> in the mentions. <laughs> um so, man, there are some people who really think Alan Lazard. Is going to be awesome, and a couple of people who think, man, he's terrible, why do you guys keep drafting him?
3: Yeah, he's my wide receiver three in that league, and he was my seventh-round pick, I think. I have, uh, you know, I have, well, whatever. I won't get through the whole team. But. I, I
1: will say, like, there was a question in that that I answered, and I was really just proud to find the answer so quick. Someone said, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw 35 touchdown passes. What's the worst that his best wide receiver could be? And just... Two years ago, Lamar Jackson threw 36 touchdown passes, and his number one wide receiver was wide receiver 46.
3: Yeah, but that was with Mark Andrews
1: having a really good year. Well, A.J. Dillon could have a Mark Andrews year. J. Dillon. No, A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones. <laughs> oh, we got the slip. We got the slip. <laughs>
3: I, I'm debating if I should show this team because I, I mean I think now nah, I don't want it's I don't want to make it about me, but I think it's an interesting What's build. What's
0: the team? Come on, people want to know what people well, let me, are. Let me doing. put the
3: let me put the tweet up here. Uh, if I, you know what I'm just gonna send a link to Schaefer and Thomas, you can I'll slack it to you, you can throw it up. But it's third it was our IDP league, but I don't really think any IDPs had been taken by the time this starting lineup was established. So what do you think about this build from the three spot, full PPR, McCaffrey and JK Dobbins at running back? My second and third round picks were Keenan Allen and Tyreek Hill. And then I did not take a third receiver for a while. I took Dalton, Shul- I took David Montgomery and then Dalton Schultz. So it was McCaffrey, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, J.K. Dobbins, Montgomery in round five, Dalton Schultz in round six, and then I'm pretty sure it was Allen Lazard in round seven. I have Trey Lance as my quarterback. I have Matthew Stafford on the bench. So it's Lance or Stafford, McCaffrey, Dobbins at running back, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, Allen Lazard at wide receiver. Those are all starters. Dalton Schultz, a tight end, and usually my flex is a is a is a wide receiver in this format PPR three receiver league, but it's David Montgomery who I just thought was too good to pass up um, in round five. I'm on the fence about this team, which is why I posted it. What do you guys think?
0: I mean, you know, it's I love it. I think it's great. You know, it's that there there clearly some some holes if Dobbins isn't ready by who knows how when to be Dobbins. And clearly, Trey Lance does not become the guy that we're hoping he becomes. But I'm assuming, knowing you, you have probably Stafford. I have Stafford. I was gonna say Stafford or Rogers (laughs) with (laughs) the two other names. You have you have yourself covered there. But I mean, look, if Keenan Allen gets passed by Mike Williams and Lazard isn't as good as you know we think it is, more like where he thinks it he thinks he is, then you could be struggling. But I mean, there there's plenty of
1: upside there. Yeah, I think it's a solid B, and um, it's good.
3: Yeah, I, think I picked right it's interesting. after you. It has so much risk. And that's the thing. That's why I posted it because I wanted to see how people felt about a team that basically had McCaffrey and Dobbins.
0: Right? I know he like so my risky. team better because of what I did on the turn, but my team picking right after you, I'm sorry, picking right in front of you is Derek Carr, Jonathan Taylor, and Chase Edmonds at running back. DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, and Marquise Brown at receiver. Mark Andrews at tight end. And I'll probably end up starting Brandon. Now you get flexed.
3: Yeah, your team, you had the first pick. I had the third pick. Justin Jefferson went second. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. Let's, enough Enough about us. Uh, okay. I know he
0: likes my team better. Yes. And how about that memory, by the way? <laughs> That's pretty
3: good. Let's talk real quick about drafting in different formats. 10 teams versus 14 teams. We've already done a show about this. We did it about a month ago, I think. Just check it out. It's in the feed. But I know we've had new listeners since then. So, Heath, 10-team league versus a 12-team league. How do things change?
1: You should always go to me for the uh, strategy questions. I I am going to prioritize um, difference makers in a 10-team league. I'm more willing to take Kelsey and Andrews earlier. I'm more willing to take a quarterback in round three or four. Um i am not i think it depends on how many wide receiver slots you have but wide receiver gets even more deep um, more will to take risks with high upside and running back, high upside players and running backs jamie
3: a 14 team league how do you approach that i,
0: I mean i don't really change my strategy too much so it's 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 going to lean more toward hero rb where i'll try and get one high end running back and then try and get especially if it's PPR or half PPR, I'll still try and get some high-end receivers uh, with my next couple of rounds, depending on what running backs may fall. I'll, I'll I'll not I won't overlook that in round two or three, but I tend to lean wide receiver. Um, I I think I'd like to prioritize tight end more than quarterback uh, because I'm not opposed to starting my season with Cousins or Carr or um, you know Stafford Rogers. I'm not I'm not worried about that, so I'm 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 okay with that. That's the way that, the route that it goes. But typically, for the most part, it's uh, same same approach. I will say one thing though, just about uh, ten team leagues, um, because I was on the the Zoom call with with a few of our, our listeners, and uh, David was the name. I apologize, I don't remember his last name, and he's in a ten team league, and he said he likes to go in this format because it's shallower uh, with the the high end risk guys because mm-hmm. the high end reward guys. Excuse me, because he he's looking at the talent pool is going to be so loaded. Yeah. That you need difference makers in that regard too. And I think that's an interesting approach also. Like if you're a little bit concerned about, you know, the McCaffreys, the Barclays, the uh the Godwins, those type of players, the ETNs, you know, if they hit, you're gonna you're gonna probably smash your league. If if they don't, you lose. But it's the, you know, first or last approach. And in a ten team yeah. league, I think that's not a bad way to go.
3: Yeah. And in a fourteen team league, I I personally always think in fantasy sports you should draft partially, not not entirely. Partially thinking about what's going to be on the waiver wire at that position. Uh, and in a ten team league, you know, waiver wire will be pretty loaded everywhere except tight end. I'd say there's not, it's not like tight ends, you know, changes that. But so that that probably gives you more incentive to take a really good tight end in a ten team league. But in a fourteen team league, man, you cannot find a running back to save your life on the waiver wire, and then when one emerges. Everyone wants one, and you have more teams you're competing against. So I personally like to be a little bit more running back heavy in 14-team leagues. Uh, I hate the feeling of not having any running back depth, but that's just me. Uh, Jamie gave you kind of a different take there. It's specific to 14-team leagues. I've never played in a deeper format, by the way. Um, How about two-receiver versus three-receiver? We've had this conversation a lot, but Heath, let's have it again. I'm surprised at how little it seems to change our mock drafts when we go two receiver to three receiver what do you think
1: yeah i think the same thing happens in half ppr and full ppr um because there's a lot of and i think this happens in all leagues there's a lot of people that it's time to make your pick you go to whichever ranking list you're using whether it's dave jamie's mind the projections your own that you brought from home and most people aren't adjusting that other than what they have in front of them so I I like I don't take wide receivers as early in a two-wide receiver league. I often end up with three running backs in the first four rounds in a two-wide receiver league. Oh, okay. I uh, think the amount of
0: flexes matter too, though, because if it's one flex or two flexes. One flex.
1: Let's say in this case, um, one flex. Yeah.
0: And and if, you, if it's PPR or half PPR, playing that wide receiver and flex makes such a huge difference if right. one guy's hit.
3: And as Heath mentioned in an earlier episode this week, I think, uh, in a two-receiver PPR league with one flex, you want your flex. Ideally, it's it's probably going to be a wide receiver. You know, at that point in the wide receiver pool, that it's better than the running backs.
0: But Heath just gave you a different take on that, though. If he's taking three running backs in his first four picks, he's not taking that third one to sit. That's true, Heath. Your rebuttal. What
3: do you mean? Okay, so I thought you said in a two receiver league PPR, your flex is probably going to be a wide receiver.
1: Well, I think that's true if you're drafting them in the flex range, but in round four, I might be drafting my running back 15.
0: Mm. Right, but you're not drafting that guy to sit, though. You're drafting no, to be no.
1: no, if I draft three of my top 15 running backs, then I'll be flexing a running back. Okay, so if so you that have happens, more- that happens because, as you said, in our drafts, it doesn't change very much, and so all the wide receivers still go early.
3: All right, so then maybe the better way to say is if you... Have two running backs and two wide receivers on your team at some point, your flex, at, it, it, then your flex is likely going to be a wide right. receiver. Okay. I would agree with that. All right. And we already talked about Super Flex. We did that a couple episodes ago, I think, to re- recap our Super Flex mock draft. And you can go back. I'm sorry. Just we have a lot of other things to talk about. So I won't repeat that segment. News and notes Jameis Winston continues to recover from a foot sprain. He's practicing in full. And last year, he averaged 23.7 rushing yards per game. That was wild. His career average is 14.5 rushing yards per game. That's part of Jameis Winston's game. Uh, would you guys take Jameis Winston or Tua Uh
1: Tua,
0: but they're basically interchangeable to me.
1: I think I have Jameis one spot higher, but you agree. Like, whichever one's there at the point where I'm taking a quarterback.
0: And and just to, to wrap up uh, the Saints, again, Prisco was there. He said, Jameis lives fine and has a chance for, I don't think a career season because I don't think he's going for five thousand and thirty whatever touchdowns he did in Tampa." Uh, but he said he's going to be really, he's going to really benefit with the additional weapons that they have. He said this is going to be a fun offense to watch.
3: I think I got to get you guys out of here in about five minutes. So turbo on these news and notes. Damian Harris left practice. Uh, the eleven on they did the joint practice with the Raiders. Damian Harris left. Don't don't know about any severity there, but it happened. Trey Sermon could get cut. That's the, I've seen that in two or three different places. And Jeff Wilson is expected to start tonight for San Francisco. Jeff Wilson should... Just correct me if, if I'm wrong. If not, we'll move on. Jeff Wilson should probably be... Should be the second running back you draft for the 49ers. Daryl yes. Williams could yeah. get cut. Darryl Williams for the Cardinals. According to PFF's Doug Kide, Daryl Williams could get cut. Um, I mentioned uh, what, J- Jonathan Ward. Sorry, I think that's his name. As a name to know for Arizona... Who do you think the number two running back is there?
1: Eno.
0: Eno Benjamin slash Rondell Moore.
3: Wide receiver, Jerry Jones did not rule out Michael Gallup for week one. Michael Gallup basically did a few weeks ago, but Jerry Jones didn't. Maybe Gallup's back in week two. Who knows? And don't forget, he's playing on a five-year, $57.5 million deal. Uh, Eric Branch of the San Francisco Chronicle says, Brandon IU appears poised for a breakout season. And he's a downfield guy, and Trey Lance, so far in his young career, has thrown downfield on a high percentage of throws. A.J. Brown has been dominant, according to The Athletic. Darnell Mooney had a great camp. He was the most impressive offensive player in Chicago's training camp, according to The Athletic. But overall, the offense— Does that
0: speak to him, or does that speak to the team? That's
3: what the story was. It spoke to both, but the, there was very little positivity about the offense in a, in a pretty long story on The Athletic. Uh, Justin Fields, they basically described as fine, and the offense is is clearly a work
0: in progress. I'm getting to the point where I think I almost want Trevor Lawrence over Justin Fields. Heath,
2: no.
3: Kadarius Tony is
1: participating in team drills. Uh,
2: Are you sure about
0: that?
1: Yeah, he he's trying to. I think they showed a video, and he is making attempts. To do things but man he is not moving he's moving like Kenny Galladay
0: <laughs> I think I saw something where he's got a hamstring on top of the knee or a knee on top of the hamstring yeah Sterling Shepard's still wide receiver one
3: all right let's talk about a really bad 80s movie <laughs> that if you saw uh, oh, you, don't, you don't believe that do you what Sterling Shepard's wide receiver one
1: he's not my highest ranked Giants wide receiver but I think it's like I would not be surprised at all if Sterling Shepard's okay if he's wide receiver one no
0: yeah, it's a good call. Good call. More likely to lead their team in receptions, Saquon Barkley or Aaron Jones?
1: Aaron Jones. Jones.
3: Okay, now let's talk about a bad '80s movie that you'd only like if you grew up with it, and if you saw it now for the first time, you'd agree the Breakfast Club is crap. I the Breakfast this all Club. The time. Don't yeah, because you grew up with it, you love it. It's nostalgic. Don't you forget about me? Uh, these are players who we should Daga, not forget Daga. about. All right, since you guys have to go, I'll let you. Tell, tell me players at the end of your draft or even on waivers that we just should not forget about. Heath, who do you got?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think Rondale Moore is a good one. Mike Davis, for sure. Um, Nico Collins. Like, I was putting together my deep sleepers list with guys outside of the top 180 in Fantasy Pros ADP. And there's so many guys that we're drafting like 10 or 11, around 10 or 11 now. Who on CBS and fantasy pros still have ADPs outside of the first 12 rounds or outside of the first 15 rounds. Um, Davis, Nico Collins, um, like we're still not seeing um really Pacheco's ADP hasn't moved as much as I would have thought it would. Um mm-hmm. I was su- I, I was surprised that Nico one.
3: Collins' ADP too. I think on fantasy football calculator is like round fifteen or
1: something like that. And- Jamison Williams for sure. Yeah. I do not – I probably someone on the Patriots, but I have no idea who it is.
3: Yeah, it was Zach Cox of Nesson.com said that Jacoby Myers has been the best wide receiver in camp, and he caught five of six targets in the joint practice yesterday. But we also had a report that Nelson Aguilar – I think that was from The Athletic. Nelson Aguilar, maybe ESPN. That, athletic, I'm pretty sure. Nelson Aguilar could be the number one guy. But Jacoby Myers I put on the, on the breakfast club list. Don't you forget about me. Uh, but I didn't know which Patriots receiver to take uh, either. But yeah, Mike Davis and Rondell Moore were the first two on there. And Nico Collins should be in there as well. Jamison Williams, you can put in an IR spot. Jamie, anyone else you want to add?
0: Uh, I don't know if he falls in this category, but I do want to uh, bring him up just because I want to amend something I said yesterday when you asked about Khalil Herbert versus Rashad White. And I said, I'd rather have Khalil Herbert. I would rather have Rashad White over Khalil Herbert um, from the simple standpoint of, I don't think I'm playing Khalil Herbert as long as Montgomery healthy. But if Leonard Fournette goes down and David Montgomery both go down, and Rashad White is the second guy there, which it seems like he might be. Uh, I would much rather have the backup to the Bucks' running back situation than the backup to the Bears running back situation. So if I'm not using either one, the one that I'd rather stash is, is Rashad White. So if Rashad White is in this category, then he's absolutely somebody that I would be looking to get.
1: Jamie, I get accused of misquoting Adam in the uh, thread to end all threads. So I just want to make sure you also heard him say, the breakfast club is crap. <laughs> yes.
3: Okay. <laughs> I heard it too, and I'm proud to have said it. Um, I endorse
0: this. I would put, put Robert Tunyon much. in this category.
3: I had also Hayden Hurst for the Bengals and Austin Hooper for the Titans in here.
0: Uh, you mentioned another Patriots guy, Hunter Henry. You know, last year was among the touchdown leaders at tight end. I wouldn't forget about him. Um, Alec Pierce, you know, as much as I love Michael Pittman, if something happens to him, and we know Paris Campbell can't stay healthy uh alec pierce while he may or may not be good as a rookie he's certainly gonna get a lot of targets he may get a lot of targets anyway um
3: isaiah mckenzie well. is a 16th round pick right now on fantasy football calculator
0: so yeah, that, i mean that'll change
3: so is tyler higby no this is from the last five days
1: yeah i, I just don't think i mean some, some of these guys don't even have adps on cbs right now
0: where is zamir white's adp because he is a Josh Jacobs injury away from being a superstar. He's
1: outside the top 180 on Fantasy Pros and outside the top 140 on CBS. He's 150 um, on the, Fantasy Football Calculator. The pass-catching backs
0: of McKinnon and Amir Abdullah and Ty Montgomery.
3: All right. All right, you guys want to go? I, yes, I, I've got three emails to read. Two emails or three emails to read, but I can do that, I can do that solo. So if you'd like to hop off, feel free. Got to go by. Yeah. Email address is fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Oh, it's just just me now, riding solo. Heath and Jamie left. I can do whatever the hell I want. All right, this is from me from a town. I'm going to say you're Heath from Boca. What are your thoughts on the Brian Robinson hype versus Damian Pierce? I have an offer of my Robinson for his Pierce. He is the Gibson manager, so I know he's worried. I'm just asking about straight up, who do you think is better with the better opportunity? I think that Damian Pierce is the better bet. I think that there is basically no chance Brian Robinson is involved in the passing game. And I think there is a chance of that for Damian Pierce. He showed a little bit of that in college. I I may have just been wrong about him. I mean, the guy ran a four 4.640, and I hate that. That's really bad for a running back. I thought he was kind of a bowling ball, short yardage guy. He showed a little bit more than that in that one preseason game, but we haven't really seen him. I don't think we've seen him play against any starters. So he might be completely overhyped right now, but... You can't deny that Brian Robinson has more competition in the backfield. And that's basically what it comes down to. I think Damian Pierce has a better shot. I could see a scenario where Brian, a better shot at just claiming that role. I could see a scenario where Brian Robinson in the second half of the year, uh, because Washington could be a lot better than Houston could. Uh, Br- Robinson could end up being better. But right now, I think you got to go Pierce. So I would not give up Pierce for Robinson. I would keep Damian Pierce. This is from Brian. He says, hey, Janet, Larry, Jack, and Chrissy. And I don't know who they are. Also, you know, oh, Three's Company, uh, Heath and Jamie definitely would have known that. You know, Schaefer, you can you can hop in here. You're more than welcome to. There you are. Oh, no, what's up? What's up, Tommy Schaefer, folks? <laughs> who, who would you rather have, Pierce or Robinson?
2: Uh, I would rather have Pierce. Um, I watched him his whole career at Florida, and you know, we didn't really use him as much as like a lot of our fans really wanted him to be used, and like you said, kind of with. The backfield is kind of a mystery up in Washington. And I think, you know, even if the Texans aren't a good football team that he's going to get, you know, if he gets 13, 14 carries a game, that's better than Robinson's maybe five or six goal line carries that it kind of seems like it's going to be. I don't I don't, you know, know enough about the Washington uh, backfield, you know.
3: Well, I think Robinson could could certainly be the starting running back, but that doesn't mean Antonio Gibson is is just going away. Um, I, I like the opportunity better for Pierce, but let's see let's see what he can do. All right, so this one is from Brian, the Threes Company fan. You spoke about the Denver receivers when Tim Patrick got injured. You asked who would take his catches. You debated for a while and brought up stats from last year when Wilson wasn't the quarterback. I tried to think who the third receiver was in Seattle during his tenure there, and if I ever drafted or picked his third receiver up and I couldn't think of, of one, it always seemed Wilson was a two-receiver quarterback except tight end. What is his tendencies to throw to the third receiver and will his third receiver have any value this year i don't think so i think people think kj hamler will make some plays downfield and that could happen but
2: yeah Yeah, i'm not i'm i would kind of stay away from him and wait i don't think there's going to be a huge rush on like getting kj hamler and even with the tight end position remember when uh, they traded for Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Graham back in the day, and then he kind of fell off a cliff with his production. So Wilson really wasn't hitting his tight ends either, if you think about that. I think that Graham had
3: one year where he had a lot of touchdowns. But no, he well, was not like the consistent. The yardage either.
2: and what he was doing with New Orleans was like, you know, he was right. the, one of the premier tight ends back then and then kind of yes. went away.
3: Exactly. Uh, no, he's always been a two-receiver guy. If, a lot of times he's been a one-receiver guy. A couple of years ago, you had Metcalf and Lockett finish in the top 12, and that was the first time we had two two uh, Seattle receivers in the Wilson era finish in the top 24 in the same year. So it's really about personnel. When he's had good players, he throws to them. But also, Seattle didn't really throw that much. I think we're hoping that he'll throw more, but this is why I like Sutton and Judy. I think they are going to be the primary uh, benefic- beneficiaries of the Patrick injury. Sorry to say it in such a harsh way. But who's going to get those catches? I think it's mostly going to be Sutton and Judy. Maybe a little bit of the tight ends in there. But they both, I think, are great picks. I'd take Sutton in round three, I'd take Judy round five for sure. And even if, even if you have to go into late round four, I think that might end up being okay, but it is risky. I think round five in a, in a 12-team league is where you should be looking at Judy. Finally, from Tyler, I have the ninth pick in a 10-team full PPR league. I don't know if I should go two running backs, like Aaron Jones, Kamara, Mixon, or Najee Harris. Or should I go with one of those running backs and a tight end with my second pick? Uh, so this is a 10-team league. You have the ninth pick. What would you do? if all—I don't know—if all I don't know if all four of those running backs are going to be there, but let's say three of those four running backs, Aaron Jones, Kamara, Mixon, and Harris are there. What would you do, Thomas? Uh,
2: I, li- I really like, even if it's a 10-team league or if it's a 12-team league, I really like getting one running back, one like stud running back, and then loading up at receiver. And if it's a 10-team league, who knows, maybe Kyle Pitts can fall to you. Um, maybe even Waller, like later on where you don't have to reach for uh Kelsey or not really reaching, but uh take one of the guys where, you know, you can get you still get one of the stud receivers, I'm I'm guessing. I don't I'm not really big on drafting tight ends in the first or second round like like Heath is, but that's just me.
3: I would have a tough time not taking Two of Mixon, Harris, Kamara, Aaron Jones. But eh, I probably would just go with it. Definitely one running back. Kelsey, I would not take Andrews there. Kelsey would be in the mix for sure at 12th overall. Oh, that is tough. Because we just said in a 10-team league, you know, go get that stud tight end. I don't think there's a wrong answer, but certainly if it's Mixon and Harris... Then it's a slam dunk. I'm taking them.
2: I just did a random. I, I did a random Yahoo Money League, um, and I, I did it. it's. There are ten teams, and I had like the fifth or sixth, fifth or sixth pick, and I got Kyle Pitts in like the fourth round. Oh, so, wow. like I went Dalvin, and then uh, Mike Evans, I think. So then, and then like coming back, like all these stud tight ends were still there, so I didn't really think it was worth like you know. Kelsey is 32 years old. Like he doesn't, we don't know about their deep threats. I'm a little skeptical on how big of a season he's actually going to have. But again, that's just me, Thomas, the producer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's all right. You play a lot of fantasy football. You've been doing it for years. You, you have a valuable opinion. Thank you, Thomas, the producer. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, viewers. Dave, uh, Jamie, and Heath, appreciate it. We'll have Dave back on tomorrow. Remember, we have the mailbag as well with me and Dan Schneier. We're going to talk about salary cap traps. And have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Team.